Yeah. Hi, everyone. So welcome back to a really special episode of Sparkle on Substack. I've got my friend Laura here and we are going to hone in on the organization of Laura's Substack. So we've chatted a little bit about this over WhatsApp and a tiny little bit on voice notes. But actually, what we really need is to share Laura's screen and just get into what she wants to do with her Substack, how it currently sits, if there's anything she wants to lose. She's going through this kind of really interesting phase of rebirth in the community there and the name potentially. So there's some really exciting stuff to dig into. So we thought we'd just <laughs> record really as an active service. So Laura has really generously allowed us to share some of her thoughts and process and we're going to just delve in and she's just going to ask me some questions and we'll see where we get to. Yeah, this is going to be really honest and it does feel quite vulnerable, but there's no one I trust more than anything really than Claire. So I hope as you're listening to this or watching this that you get some of your own questions that you might feel a bit embarrassed about or almost a little bit nervous about posing. Um, Substack is such a platform for good, but there are things that I actively have struggled with that I haven't liked that have brought up some um, feelings or emotions in myself that I haven't particularly enjoyed so I'm so excited to take this opportunity to pick the brains of my friend and substack and your substack guru as well I'm sure so shall I get on and share my screen yeah I've given you the permission so that should be all good Thank if you. you can find the green button thanks darling there we go so I'm, <clears throat> I'm actually going to start with this spreadsheet if that's okay okay yeah for sure for sure um so for those of you who don't know me I I um, have always done lots of jobs and one of the things I have always used in my work is a spreadsheet with colour coding because it helps me get my thoughts out. So I normally start handwriting thoughts, talking them out loud, often in voice notes to you, um, or talking them out to my husband who's like, yeah, I have no idea, but great. Um, <laughs> he's got no interest. Love um, the groundedness of and- the hobbies, yeah. Yeah, just like, yeah, it's fine. It's great, darling. It's fine. What, what are we giving the kids for tea? Um, and, then, uh, and then I got to the point with my Substack where I just started to feel really itchy and restless. So as Claire knows, the background to my Substack was it's called, at the moment, but it is changing, I think. It's called Destination Balance. I started it simply with the aim of having somewhere to write. I didn't want it to be somewhere where I was trying to acquire coaching and mentoring clients. I didn't want it as a teaching space. I wanted it sheerly, merely for writing. Now, as it's developed and as I have developed and as I've seen the potential of the platform, I've now realized that I'd like it to be a really central cog in the whole machine of my coaching and mentoring business, my creative practice, my work as kind of a show off peacock as well. I want it as a chance to show off me. Mm -hmm. I'm very open about that as well. And just my chance to share my teaching skills. I've, I've been in secondary education for nearly 20 years and I teach all the time as well as coaching my clients. So I hope that background is helpful because as we are now on what the start of December 2023, mm. I've come to you, Claire, saying this is a space where I would like to bring an income in from my writing. I would also like it to be this really generous invitation to explore what I offer beyond my Substack writing. 
So how I might be able to help you in other aspects of your business and your life and your work, because they're all linked, aren't they? Yeah. And I'd also like it to be the home for my new podcast, though I'm very open about it not being a podcast for Substackers. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast hosted on Substack, and I think there's quite a subtle difference. And so what you can all see now, if you're watching, and I would encourage you to watch if you can as well as just listen on a nice dog walk or something is where I've got to and possibly this box here d9 um is one of the most revealing parts of it and that all the dms stand for demystified and so um my big question to you was how does it sound if I renamed and relaunched and rebranded my Substack Creativity Demystified, offering it as a free and paid space to unlock, to unpick so many of these big, big ideas that we have as creatives, as writers, as artists, as musicians, but also just as humans. You know, you could read my Substack and be a scientist. You could read my Substack and work for the civil service. Mm-hmm. But these things that make it worth living, you know, creativity, how do we demystify that big word? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And then for my paid subbies, those people are a little bit more nuanced because possibly they're paying for the joy of my writing. And that's something I really want to explore with you, what your opinion is on people paying simply in quotation marks for those listening for someone's writing. So saying, I just love your writing. So I'm here for that. And to what extent we need to be offering active services. So, for example, I can see myself doing mini workshops on money demystified, podcasting demystified, music demystified, content planning demystified, seasonal and cyclical living demystified. But, you know, to what extent is Substack encouraging us to create this space where we explore that kind of thing? Mm. Um, and then I've got lots more questions, but that. That hopefully gives everyone listening a background because I know Claire knows some of this, but not all of it. We've saved it for now so that she's coming to it fresh. I haven't given her any opportunity to prepare. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> um, it's great. And it's I'd great just love to, to know your thoughts. Fresh. Mm, great to hear it fresh, Laura, and great to see this spreadsheet because I feel like this is a place that you can keep pouring ideas into. And where, when you get nearer to the launch date, and it'll be so interesting how the energy builds with this, you'll either be like, it's today, I'm doing it today, or you'll be like, you know, I've got time. Maybe it's a new year thing. Like, we'll see how we go. So at the moment, if you just click onto your Substack um, website so I can see your homepage and how it is now. Yeah. Let me just move something. And yes, my love. Hold on. Um, Error. Yes. Yes. Yeah, here we go. There we go. Gorgeous. Right. Okay. Just because I wanted to get a feel for what's been building for you. And I have looked at this, obviously I do read your Substack, stack. Um, well, I just wanted to get a, a feel for what's been <laughs> building as you start, what, you know, from when you started to now and how things are feeling and like parts of your personality. And I can see that at a snapshot. I know that you worked with Trina to commission those gorgeous illustrations. I can see there's a bit of humor coming through, which is one of the things you said to me at the start. Why is it serious and sincere on Substack? I'm like, oh, are they? Let's mix it up. So we've got Pivot, We've got a beautiful shot of you with your singing pals and then this kind of lovely invitation as well. So 
yeah I can see that the layers of all of that are building and then if you go to, can you just scroll up to the top so I can see how you've got the title of it yes um okay, so I had so a purge got... Claire I had a purge mm. yeah destination balance and then just archive and about okay so when yeah, you I purged my sections good okay good that's good we're starting from a blank canvas and obviously we can always go into settings when you mm. first started Destination Balance, um, the identity of that was this kind of multi-hyphen in you and the fact that you didn't want to hide any of those authentic parts of who you are. You wanted to be able to kind of show up and talk about the singing with the mothering, with the career driving stuff, with being in school and supporting and all of that sort of stuff. So it was all of kind of this finding balance within all of that scope of things. And now the creativity demystified feels like both a statement and an invitation, similarly to Destination Balance, because it's like Destination Balance question mark. But with creativity demystified, it's like, here's a statement, I'm going to explore it. And I wanted to ask you, do you feel like you'll still want to explore that and write underneath that in the next five years? And do you want think that you will in the next 10 years? Like, does this feel like a big call to action? Like, okay, like I'm taking up five years with this. I'm taking up three years with this. I'm taking up 10 years. Can you feel into that and let me know what lands in that question for you? Joe, you know I love that question. And the answer is yes. And I'll tell you why. Um, I was with my daughter yesterday. She's coming up to 10. And she said, um, Mummy, yeah, I wonder if I should have a skin care regime. And I was like, are you kidding me? What? A skincare <laughs> regime? You're coming up to 10. But that's what she's seeing in the world. Okay, that's what she that's what's being targeted to her um, as important. But at the same time, she had then gone to her room for an hour and she'd created like this beautiful art and this piece of writing um, without any prompt. And I was like, it's okay. She's going to be okay because we have raised her to see that as a really great thing to do as well. And I was kind of like, it's okay. You know, she might have heard of like a, you know, American skincare brand, but she also loves to create um and to me what was that about it was I just want to go and do this lovely thing it's not about the end result it's just what I feel I need to do now and that was just this most incredible expression of creativity and it wasn't putting it on a pedestal and it wasn't you know trying to make it so exclusive and so as I look at the next five years and next 10 years, the legacy that I would like to have and my fascination with other people, I'm so nosy, Claire. I'm so interested in other people. How can I not explore what, how can I not demystify what this whole creativity piece is and what everyone else's different experiences are from you know, from their own experiences as children to now, how can I not explore that within myself? Because, you know, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's when the creativity dies, everything else feels like dying. So, yeah, mm, it's like a life, it's like a life, a years. life and source. I, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing that coming yeah. through. And I yeah. feel like self expression as well. So, in that story you referenced with your daughter, like that is creative expression, self expression, self care, well being. A lot of these cross over with creativity all the time. You know, we would argue that creativity is our lifeblood, our life source, and gives us lots in terms of well being and reward. 
So yeah, so that feels exciting and possible and expansive in a way that destination balance doesn't. Do you feel it's too limited or it didn't give you far enough to go or you didn't or you ran out of wanting to write under that title? Like why the shift? Why the change? Where's it coming from? Um, a few things. One uh, was that the answer is it isn't a destination. And I'm always talking to people about we have there is no destination. You know, the exciting thing is what we're doing along the way. Like the you'll journey, have, yeah. you'll have wonderful, yeah, you'll have wonderful experiences along the way, and you'll have, you know, if you're, it's a bit like stopping at the best service station. You know, that might be lovely, and maybe you'll pick up a gift for a friend, and you'll remark on the quality of the toilets. But then you're carrying on the destination, and ultimately, it's the conversations in the car that you're having that are the things that are interesting. You know, that's that's the interesting bit, really. You know, you have those great conversations mm -hmm. on a long car journey. You know, my husband and I often plan out our next year on a long car journey. Mm. So it was that. I think thinking strategically as well, it felt like there was um, going to be too much overlap with our shared publication company of two, because a lot of the stuff that I wanted to discuss on Destination Balance, we also discuss so freely on company of two, you know, being business and balance in motherhood. And the third thing, oh, that was loud. Um, and the third thing from me was, and it links into the podcast element, I wanted my substack. Yes, I absolutely want it to be, um, let me be really frank here, part of a funnel to getting more clients. For sure. And I think it's okay to admit that, you know, mm. that was yeah. part of it. But also, I wanted it to be a place to host my podcast, which is about so much more than me getting clients. It's about this deep fascination, obsession with other people and how they're choosing to do life and yeah. us being inspired by them. And I don't want this to turn into a big plug for my podcast, but it's just, I mean, it doesn't even exist yet, but it's, it's hopefully that's an, an explanation as to why I've got to this point. Mm. And in that podcast, because I know you've got some episodes coming up really soon in terms of recordings, will you be asking people the questions around creativity demystified? Are you, are you curious as to getting, getting into that, some of that for them and like what it means to them? Does it link? Yeah, it links for everyone. And I think often it will be the people for whom, you know, you might think it's so obvious. I've told this story before, but a singer friend who I said, um, well, another singer friend was telling her about a Facebook group I run and she said, it's for creatives. And she said, oh, I'm not one of them. I'm a singer. Mm, and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. We've so, about you know, it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted this um, change of name because I'm so fascinated by that. But I'm also fascinated by the nitty gritty stuff. So there's lots of things just in terms of the kind of technical nature of Substack that I will need your advice on. Like mm. I want to create a whole section devoted to money demystified, you know, and how we're, I think we need more conversations about how we're making money. Um, there's, I want to have a section called a creative's diary, which is where I'm sharing um, honest and hopefully interesting and useful updates you know this is kind of the vision that I have mm. and I'd really like a section I think called something like the creative spark the creative prescription the creative something which is a kind of micro guest series that explores someone else's creative expression and kind mm. of features them and holds them up and says look this is somebody's so it's it's um 
and I don't want there to be too much overlap between that and the podcast. The podcast is much more about pivots in people's lives, whereas that guest series would be a very explicit homage, I guess, to individuals' creativity. I've got you, yeah. And but I guess with all of that, as I'm saying it to you, and I know you'll have more questions for me, and you know I talk endlessly. One of the things I've really struggled with with Substack is, and then there's paid. And it's like, how on earth do I choose what's paid? How do I choose what's free? How do I offer stuff that I see people giving so generously, like workshops and co-working for what I consider are really small amounts. But when people are on here, their mindset is so different because it's like um, it's like a pick and mix. It's like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to take that workshop from you and then mm-hmm. I'll take that co-working from you. And my Substack budget is X amount a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's such a different approach. And I find it quite troubling mm-hmm. as somebody who, you know, my my workshops, I normally charge anything from 25 to 40 quid. And so am I devaluing myself if I set up a membership and then I'm set like, here, have it for seven quid a month? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Or is this the way it is now? You no, know, so no, 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 no. I guess there's I a think, few things. Yeah, there. yeah we, need, we need to rewrite it. So I've said to you, you know, I've seen the shifts and changes in Substack. I've seen the paywalls go in and the Zoom links go behind the paywall. But there was a time before that where people were just curious to read behind the paywall so you've still got those people and you still will always have those mm. people my friend Caro's just set up her Substack, and she she wrote a piece this morning and I wanted to immediately pay to read the rest of it like that was just in me like I know I, I love her writing I love her book I wanted to pay and I probably will at some point I just didn't have time in that moment so there is still when you're a really good writer I'm using you know rabbit ears good but when you want to write and you feel there's a quality that you bring to your writing and your storytelling you can absolutely set that up. The thing people are looking for on Substack is to be closer to you To So in whatever way you want to set that up, we don't need more content. We want more value. We want more community. We want more closeness. We want to, you know, escape and read somebody's writing and feel so held and special in that moment, in that writing, whatever that is. I don't need more workshops. That's not to say I wouldn't go into a community on Substack that was offering them, but I don't need them. What I do need is more escapism. I need to feel closer to people, you know, when I'm trapped at home with the kids or whatever else, you know, and snowed or whatever. So it really, there's there's a lot depends on who's hanging out and who's here. And then we've got this, what we know from Substack is we can expect anything between 1% and 10% of our subscribers to pay for our content that's it so you have to play the numbers game if you want to offer workshops you know you could self-induce a deadline of maybe you know summer next year and go okay like that's when I'll launch workshops depending on if I've got 20 30 40 paid subscribers whatever you want to do And there'll be some building to do before you get that. Some people would bring over an online audience from somewhere else or a mailing list and launch paid straight away. And it would be spelled out in a really, really clear way what people get for X, Y and Z. And then people would make a choice and they would, you know, err on the side of caution, but know that probably X number of people. But even the people that I've seen do that on Substack are still offering everything at a much lower rate because they're focused on volume. And we need to not forget that, because if we haven't got huge online audiences, 
audiences elsewhere to bring over. And we're still building all of that. And our focus is, yes, Substack's a really fun playground and I can do audio and video and it'll all be really exciting. But yeah, that's all for free unless we're being paid. And if it's funneling into other work, that's great and gorgeous. But we need to test that, right? We need to know that whatever we're putting out is going to funnel into other work and is going to funnel into other spaces. And, you know, we're in the same boat on that bit of the picture, Laura. Um, So, yes, I think that feeling your way into paid is the only way and being really concentrated on what is sustainable for you within your business ecosystem before you start. So I did the sums back in April when I was on holiday on, you know, a piece of the kids coloring in and I worked out like, wow, like it's going to take me this long before I get 1000 pounds. You know, there's fees to consider. There's the churn rate of people jumping in and jumping out again, trying different things. There's the culture of Substack, you know, it's shifting all the time. They've just brought a big kind of push towards video in. So we need to feel stable and happy in our businesses and we're great business women you know we can make our businesses work and we do make our businesses work but we need to not get swept up in what's possible one to ten percent of all subscribers are going to convert to paid and you know that might shift again when there's more substack writers they might say oh no you know we're looking at one to five one to three i don't know um does that help yeah, but isn't it fascinating because something that uh, kind of a maxim that I've always gone by is the whole idea of the business model concept of like, you know, you need 100 true fans. Oh. And if you've got that 100, you know, and you could, people have extended that to 1,000 true fans, you know. But that, I've always really um, loved that idea because of the very reason that you say, which is for me, I... And it's, this is a really interesting point, I, well, I think, I mean, I'm saying it, but it's really interesting talking about community because my open rate is something like 44%, you know, it's fantastic. And I've got yeah. hundreds of subscribers. I'm not at a thousand yet. I'm about 500 um, plus a company of two subscribers. Mm-hmm. And so that's a wonderful open rate. You know, I'm delighted with that and people really reading that. And obviously sometimes it's much higher. It's not often lower. Um, so that's lovely. So I know I'm building a community, which is great. And that's one of the things that I love about Substack. And yet your Substack community isn't necessarily ever going to equate to being the people who I would like to buy something from me for a higher ticket amount. And that feels like something that I really need to lean into and accept and to accept that the people who end up paying to read my work, some of them will do that because they like me and they're like my mates on Substack who are also writers on Substack. But I suspect that most of my most loyal current community on Substack will not ever pay for my Substack because they themselves are writers. I think people who are more likely to pay are people who are getting my Substack in their emails mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily on Substack, mm-hmm. who aren't even necessarily right now participating in that community element, who aren't lifting me up and celebrating my work, but who are just quietly opening every email mm-hmm. and reading it and maybe saving it for later. And they're the ones who might go, I really like reading her stuff. Mm-hmm. And I found that so interesting because I like to think of myself 
was really good at creating community spaces. And I think I've created this lovely space for other Substack users, but have I yet created a space for the people who I want to really love my work, but who I also might want to buy a workshop from me or a coaching call from me or three months of coaching with me or join a group with me? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have. And mm-hmm. I wonder if I have to accept that is that ever going to be, is my Substack ever going to be the place for that? And I'm just, I don't know if you can answer that for me and I don't know if I can answer that, but it's been a really interesting observation. Yeah, and I I can share really openly and honestly around what I have tried in my business because of Substack this year and where the where it's worked. So in terms of people getting to know me on a deeper level, you know that I share on Creatively Conscious behind the scenes of my business and then more around our life here. So wholehearted living and behind the scenes of all of that. So the ups, the downs, the in-betweens, all of the stuff. And what that has enabled has been that people have jumped into free workshops for sure. You know, if I've offered a free workshop, people on Substack are coming over and they are doing that free workshop or they're watching the replay. That's happening. What isn't happening is they're not buying, like you say, those higher ticket items not really but they might have used some of that getting to know me space to kind of make decisions on maybe they'll do that in the future so I think that is the longer game Mm. over on sparkle obviously that's a whole different thing I'm holding space for people in a different way and when I've offered other things off substack to support people with substack they want to do that it's really clear you know this is how Claire can help this is how she's already helped she's already helped for free she's already helped me as a paid subscriber and now I want to work with a one-to-one or in a group program or I want to do sparkle audit whatever it's been that's been relatively easy and that has felt for the first time like this funnel and I am saying it inverted commas because it's not a funnel like this is my Substack community and I love it and I'm so passionate about it but it works you know I don't have to put endless energy into it I don't have to pay for Facebook ads I don't have to do any of the things that we're taught to do in running a creative business I just have to show up and say here's a thing that I've got for you and so what I think and the trends that I'm seeing on Substack is that we are hitting that place of overwhelm as Substack users it's like yesterday last night for the first time there was three workshops that I wanted to do and I'm in all of those paid communities so I chose two now we knew this was coming there's a timing thing right but we can't be in all of the places all of the time we have to choose the bit that nourishes us and I actually think that we'll see a revert back to oh I just want to read something I just want to read something or I want to listen to somebody read something I want to be held in that way um because there are some brilliant people with words you are one of them yet you can still say and I've got this workshop and it's over here it's about the frequency of that isn't it so some Substack writers have done mm. some of that and they're moving away from it. So Kate Flanders, who I had on the podcast a little while ago, she's moving away from the work, the journaling workshops as we know it. She's not doing them anymore. So we're all, you know, slightly bit, you yeah. know, sad and disappointed, but we also are invested in her. So we will, most of us, I think, continue to, to subscribe. And that's the bit that I mean about value. She's been really open and honest with us about her creative process were bought in you know it doesn't really matter what she offers I'll pay to read her writing I'll go to a class what you know whatever she does and I think this is our opportunity as multi-hyphens you know you have all of this incredible 
stuff, you know, all of these ideas, all of this to share, you know, all of this experience, music and audio, and you're so confident in podcasting and video. It's kind of like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for your paid subscribers? Who do you want to be there? I've got some paid subscribers that definitely do not use the Substack app and just tell me that they love to receive those emails that are right for them. That's it, you know? So, getting to know who your people are. If you spoke to some of your one-to-one clients and they're receiving some of that Substack information, I bet they're having a lovely time and they don't care about the Substack app. They might never care about the Substack app. So we almost have to kind of split, okay, the people that are receiving the value, both free and paid in their email inboxes, that's them there. And the people who want to join in and kind of join in the social side and the community side of Substack and have the Substack app on their phone, that's them there. And it's like, how am I creating for those two groups of people? Is it the same? What do I expect them to do after they have consumed the content, whether it be free or paid? What do they do next? Do they book something? Do they bookmark something? Do they just get to know you more? It's like, it's all that stuff. (laughs) And so to ask you a nitty gritty question, and I think I know what your answer will be because I know you, but so my next step I keep saying to you like so my next step so my next step so I know that I want to relaunch with this new name yeah and I love it I love the name all these different thanks babe and I've got these different titles that I love as you know like for these different sections and I you know wouldn't you love to read about amazing people who aren't necessarily just just quotation marks freelancers you know talking about um their money relationships and but but they're different income streams that's what really interests mm. me actually people's different income streams it's not just how do you feel about money I'm fascinated by how people actually earn money in these you know these different parts of their um of their businesses but I'd also love to start my creative diary but I'm also really interested in this whole you know creative spark creative prescription vibe um uh, instinct I don't want to right now to make the podcast paid I absolutely don't I would like to get to a certain number of downloads and then look for sponsorship mm-hmm. and it may well be that I go for some kind of ultimate subscriber option like there's a wonderful podcast that I listen to that isn't on Substack and they've just brought out a you know if you want to subscribe to this you'll get an extra section every week and you'll get an extra episode every month and I'm like yep take my money because mm-hmm. I'm so invested in it mm-hmm. I just you know it makes my week better um and I'm terrified about the commitment of a podcast. I think it's just worth saying to anyone listening, a podcast is a massive commitment. And by finally putting it out there, I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to fit this into my multi-hyphen life? But it's too important for me not to do. But my nitty gritty question is like, ah, Claire, which section do I put? Do I tell people when they get the stuff? Do I just put the stuff out there? Do I put it all on pay? Do I do I use a paywall and then there's these like sections and tags Mm. and like I look at your beautiful sub stacks but like your sections aren't necessarily the same as the bit down here Mm -hmm. you know so you've got words up here and then you've got words down here Mm -hmm. and I'm like how she and what do I how do and obviously one of the answers is go and be a paid subscriber to Claire Sparkle everybody (laughs) Um, because you'll tell us but but also like (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, I get I get that. And and honestly, it's been a creative practice for me. So I didn't know right at the beginning, every time I set up a new section, I felt like my heart racing and I felt anxious and nervous. And I was like, am I doing the right thing? And I grew into that space. So back on back over on Creatively Conscious, I set a new section up for my guest posts, Big Dreams and Quiet Ambition. The reason that I did that is because I knew those posts wouldn't be for everyone. I then did the same with my posts that I called get creative on Substack, stay creative on Substack, I think it was in the end. And then I was like, oh my goodness me, I've del- I've just diluted everything that I am talking about. Like, why have I done that? So I kind of came all the way full circle again. What's been really interesting to learn over the time that I've been doing the guest posts, so only this year, is that people definitely won't pay for guest posts unless it's a big name and then they might come over the paywall. And I never set it up as paid, but it was my original intention. This is extra work. People should pay for it. And then I quickly realized, actually, no, that doesn't feel quite right. So we can take guest posts out. People aren't paying for those. That's the culture of Substack. Unless you get a big name, then they'll come past the paywall. So that's up to you. If you get a big name and obviously by big name, you know what I mean, like a bestseller or a film star or something, which is totally possible. You know, you, you, yeah, yeah. you've got those people in your pocket. They're all there. But so that's that. Um, <laughs> with this section, um, obviously you can subscribe everybody and all of your new subscribers to a section. So that's fine. But you can ask people just to opt into that smaller section. And then you used to be able to have it whether uh, so that section could be set up as paid or that section could be set up as free. And I think you still can. But I'm only saying that because Substack keep changing things. So I'm really wary about that. Mm-hmm. So when I set up and this is a real behind the scenes, when I set up Sparkle, I knew that I wanted to set up a membership space on Sparkle that was paid, but everybody subscribes to it. So if they're getting annoyed and frustrated, that's fine. They can find a way to uncheck themselves, but everybody gets that. And then obviously the content is paywalled. So the members get the paywalled content, but everybody gets those emails. And I was on the fence about, okay, do I just make this for paid people or do I send to everybody? And with Sparkle, it's like, you know, you might have had to see something from me like 12 times before you're even interested in what it is, never mind coming over the paywall. And mm. I really knew that in terms of like putting out the content. So I stand by that decision. Over on Creatively Conscious now, I slimlined my sections down so it feels a lot better. And I actually grew into the section that I've called self seed Your Business or something like that, because that is the work that I'm doing in the world. I'm really passionate about the fact that we can plant the seeds today that are going to feed our business tomorrow. So that exists there now. The difference between sections and tags, there are a few sections people can subscribe or unsubscribe from that's the main thing and it was set up because people were wanting to have a niche newsletter within an overall newsletter so the idea from Substack was you can have two newsletters in one you don't have to set up a second publication now because Substack has changed massively in the way that we use it has changed massively and we're all in communities and we're doing podcasting we're doing different things People either feel like I just need a whole new publication because this is completely separate and I don't want to confuse people with sections or they're like, no, it's okay. I can make this a section and people can choose whether they subscribe or unsubscribe with a tag. You can tag a certain series of posts. So over on Creatively Conscious, I've tagged the membership posts. So that's how I can organize all of the membership posts and people who join as new members can find everything. 
If I was setting it up again, I would set it up as a section simply because you can have a bit of blurb at the top. So instead of it just like running like a big okay. long list of posts, you get to say, welcome to your membership section. It's called a sort of fairy tale, blah, de, blah, de, blah, which is exactly how I've set it up on Sparkle. So you get the URL, whichever one you choose, but obviously with sections, people can. Yeah. Now they won't do this because it's one step too far. I mean, I have got a post coming out on how to do it and I've done it in the past and I do get asked it, but only by people that are like in the bowels of Substack like you and me are. Most people will just stay subscribed and not even realize that they're subscribed to that section. Again, Substack could change that. So they might end up putting something on our footers that allows people more easily to jump in and out because it comes up all the time where people are frustrated because they can't find out how to unsubscribe to a specific section. So bit of a download, but use the tools that we've got. I would say, given what you've said, it feels like money demystified could be paid. So you could you could trial a sort of short preview or a medium mm. preview and then see if people want to come over to read the rest. People, especially women who are running their own businesses, are fascinated with the money side of things. I know I pay for Keris's newsletter and I've been fascinated with everything she yeah, writes. Too. And quite a lot of the interviews as well have been really insightful and interesting just because we all have such dramatic Mm. different experiences when it comes to money doesn't it and value and and all other things so yeah. I think that that one definitely could fit within a paywall for sure um I think in terms of your creative diary like you'll know you'll just get into your process around that and into your practice and you'll know where to put that one but maybe you need to give that one some time and then we've got the option of paywall imposts after a certain amount of time so this has worked particularly well for people who publish weekly or fortnightly and have built up a big bank of posts. So they'll say, okay, after four weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, everything goes behind the paywall. So you're always going to have, if you publish at that level of frequency, you're always going to have a lot of posts for the free folks coming in, the new folks coming in, the nurturing space. But then if they do want to read other things, you can then link to them and then they're going to have to come over the paywall to read them so that's another way to look at it just in terms of building up that bank of posts and content and everything that you want to do and that's quite a lot of information Laura but there you go <laughs> no but you know me I love it all and I think that weekly feels right for me some people say it's just fortnightly I, I would feel too out of touch with my community if it was fortnightly mm, and you can um, be sh you can be I, shorter I just wanted to you know, ask you about yeah. obviously my um Um, my I'm incredibly sparse at the moment on my um, Substack. It's just home archive and about, and that will change with as we just discussed. You'll notice that there isn't a section called notes there at the moment. Now I think that notes has probably been the biggest cause of FOMO, the biggest cause of growth, the biggest cause of plain old jealousy for people the biggest cause of um feeling unsettled like substack are we now social media mm. and yet my instinct is that notes are probably a bit of a shortcut to growth but are they growth of the people who you really want reading your stuff because I wonder I'm really interested about notes and you'll you there was a time when all I was seeing if I went on notes was stuff from you <laughs> which was lovely mm. but like the same little circle of names and I was like oh this is starting to 
feel a bit like um, they're the favourites. And of course, I don't think that's how the Substack platform works. Probably just who I was reading the most, but it started to feel a bit like you got to keep up or you're going to get behind. You're not going to be in the gang anymore. You've got to be in the gang. You know, what gang even is this? But mm-hmm. certainly that's how it's feeling for me. And I was like, oh, I don't like this energy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also I know for quite a few people, Notes has been like, are we on Twitter now? Are we on Instagram with, you know, images as well? And actually about a month ago, there were loads of people sharing images and all the Notes. That seems to have gone now. So it's amazing how these peaks and troughs of of trends come and go Mm. but I'd be really and I know you were talking about this with your Substack paid subscribers this morning in your Mm. um in your Substack call with sparklers the sparklers maybe we should call them that (laughs) um but I would be fascinated to know your thoughts on notes Mm -hmm. um and I suppose that's a tricky question for you to ask I guess both as an expert on Substack teaching Substack um, and you might want to, we might not want to share your own opinion about you and your own relationship with notes. Mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And no, I'd be really happy to do that. And I'm just aware that I have to go into another call soon. So I'm just going to give you one thing to do. Oh, sorry, darling. No, 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 it's all, no, it's all good. It, I want to give you one thing to do because I feel like we should do a part two and revisit when you've rebranded okay. this up. Yeah. I think that would be yeah. so gorgeous to share. Yeah. So when yeah. you yeah, write, you, when you write your about page and I have a workshop on this, which obviously you've got access to, we'll write in it for the yeah. reader that is finding us. So it's not our bio. There's parts of our bio in there, but it's about the reader. And I think that piece of work is one of the best pieces of work we can do when we're questioning where things sit around free and paid, because we can set out our bullet points you know join me as a free subscriber for this join me as an annual and I do and this is advice from Sarah Faye I do try and coax people into the annual subscriptions for both of my publications and I have a strategy for both that is very different Mm. but I do think that that helps with some of that energy of feeling like people are jumping in and out and jumping all over the place if we say we're making a commitment you know and for you that could be like a seasonal commitment you know in spring you get this in summer this in autumn this in winter this this is what's happening with the podcast you know there's there's two seasons a year or three seasons a year and also that thing and we've spoken about this before do the work for two three weeks reflect on how it feels and then either pull back or increase because I think when we're promising it's easy to get excited and then of course life happens the kids get sick you know we get offered some more work that gets a really intense crunchy bit in our contract like the VA gets sick whatever happens we can't deliver so I think in delivering in real time for two three weeks and reflecting on did that feel good did that feel okay do I need to do less or more is a really good way to know what we can then promise back to our paid subscribers. So maybe that helps in the launch period, because for me with Sparkle, I said, I'm launching at the end of July and I'm launching right up until December. Now that is a long launch period, but you've seen my energy. Like I've tried and I have tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tested and I've done different things and I've tried different things and I'm finally ready for a rest from launching. It's launched. It's there. You know, people can find it. I'd be so happy if over Christmas people found it and I didn't even know and I wasn't online and people kind of had a lovely time Mm. and I don't get any emails. So you can email me if you want, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's there, it's done. You can get what you want from it. It's all there. 
So that was something that I wanted to gift you. But also on notes, I think that we have to approach notes as a completely different entity. And in the call this morning, I was talking about like, what about if we just show up and join the conversation as if it was a lovely beach party? So there's a gang around the fire here. It's a smallish gang. There's a, ga- a gang having a party and a dance over here. There's a gang swimming in the sea over there. Amazing. Let's go and chat to them. And really genuinely just see who you want to talk to. Because this morning on the call, you know, there were so many points of synchronicity, people going for walks, people talking about cats, people talking about dogs, people talking about journaling. There's so much. And sometimes it can feel a bit contrived when someone's like, let's talk about this. But somebody has to, otherwise notes doesn't exist. So somebody has to say, you know, Mm. have you got your 24, 24 diary yet? Which one did you go for? Like somebody has to do it, right? So I think because you are a community builder Mm. as I am, I do like doing it. You know, I like going, oh, I've had this thought. I want to talk to people about it. And because I work for myself, right? So don't see colleagues very much. So it's like that it's like they're my colleagues like that's what I feel these are my writery colleagues they'll have some thoughts I'll be interested in them and I'm just coming at it from that place whereas on social media Mm. I don't feel like that I feel like it's marketing I have to go on market what I'm doing tell people about it probably tell people about it 10 more times until I'm in a heap or something like that but I feel like notes there's an opportunity Mm. it's new it's young and we are in it you know we're learning to use it in real time like you said and observed it shifts and changes all the time people's notes get a lot of traction others just sort of don't and there's not really a rhyme or reason to it I think we've just got to put stuff out and we've got to constantly be inviting people to our party or joining in with the other parties that we resonate with does that help yeah and I can't wait to do a part two with you Yes, we'll do a part two. And and also this and also that. Yeah, Yeah. and we can. And I think, you know, as you we've given you I've I've obviously I've recorded this. We've got that little download about sections and about tags. And let's just like do some more chat backwards and forwards about that with each other because I feel like we're getting there and it will just take that little bit of time. But um I'm committed. We'll get there because I think in us getting there, other people will be really inspired by your journey of shifting it and not being afraid to shift it and go with it that way. I think it's so exciting. We always see the finished product. We very rarely see all the bits along the way. And I really hope that it's helpful for people to see that and to also, I hope you realise that I acknowledge what a gift it is to have you in my ear so I can learn from somebody who's created such a special thing. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Right, I'll go and jump on my other call, but I'll see you really soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.